Yes, people, this is episode 100 and what? 196 of Chris Brain Dub is me with obviously I'm having to rush this one because I haven't planned my day properly. It's Sunday, uh, 1st of November. Oh my god, it's November. The year's almost done. We can almost say, forget this year. This year's been a write off for many of us. And um, I haven't planned my day properly. I've got too much stuff to do today. Um, I should have done a podcast yesterday, but I had too much stuff to do yesterday. So I'm shoehorning this in. I'm actually parked um, right near the train station because I'm about to jump on the train. I haven't got a ticket yet. So (laughs) I'll see how much of this podcast I can do before I need to leave you to go get a ticket and be on my merry way today. But um, yeah, it is Sunday. Um, What has been happening this week? Well, we had the lockdown announced yesterday. Until the 2nd of December. I mean, isn't that question thing the most frustrating moment on TV? If you get bothered watching it, um, it just annoys me. Obviously, these questions are vetted and pre-approved and stuff. But can we at least select questions that react to the answer of the previous question? It's just annoying. I mean, I can't even think of an example. But it'll be a question like, okay, so... Um, you said that you that you didn't lock us down earlier uh, because the R rate has gone up. But what how how do you propose to deal with the R rate going going up? And then it's just like, well, I said that she's You know what I mean? He he answer and say something like, "Old, oh, you know, that's why we're locking down till the second of December because the R rate. You want don't want that to go up." And they'll have, like, the two doctor dudes talk and stuff. And that's it. They've addressed the R-rate thing. They've addressed why they're doing it. And then the next question will come. It's like, so do you think that these measures will actually address the R-rate increasing? It's like, why are we asking the same question again? Just reworded. There's another guy, right? Yeah, so, you know what I mean? You, you all ask some questions for the people, for the country. And your question is, is the Premier League still going to be on? Like, are you 17? Like, what's going on? Why, why, why are you asking these kind of questions? Is, is the Premier League still happening? And we're still going to be able to watch football? And look, Boris is a prick. The government hasn't dealt with it well, okay? But I don't envy them because I don't think there is a way of dealing with it well exactly. You know, you can only look at other countries and see them doing it well. You see New Zealand, you see Australia, they're loving life and stuff. Cool, they're doing all right. Um, and so I, I, I err on the side of, right, although I like to pile on, you know, it, it's a difficult decision, so you're not going to get it spot on. Fine, fine. But whatever you think of the guy, right or wrong, they need to stop asking to predict the future. They're like, okay, so do you think that, when do you think we will be able to get back to normal life? What was he meant to say? He's about to say just um, January the fourteenth. Okay, is there any reason why you chose that date? No, just you've asked the question, and I feel under pressure to give you a bloody date. Because they ask him, he goes, "Well, I don't know." And everyone's like, "Well, he doesn't even know when the virus is going to go away." It's like because it's a virus. That's why he doesn't know when the virus is going away. Like I said, I don't like the guy, but. There's some questions you, you you expect an answer from, and other questions you don't. Like, should they have locked down sooner? 
I guess you can say hindsight says you should have done it. It's easier to say in hindsight. But then I guess the other response is, well, look at the other countries. Look at uh, Germany, France, fewer cases, did that circuit breaker thing. Wales did a circuit breaker thing. There's only England that are now going into this lockdown. Would the half term been a good time to do the circuit breaker? Probably. Just tag on a week or to half term. Don't have the kids at school. That might have worked out fine. Do what they did over the... Um, they didn't do it over the holidays. Over the... Um, you know, when it was lockdown earlier in the year. Had a few teachers on rota for that week. That isn't actually lockdown. It would have been fine. It would have been fine. But no. Now we've got this longer lockdown. And this longer lockdown, all for the aim of all of us being able to spend Christmas together. Christmas Day. Because Christmas Day is really important. Yeah. Let's stay locked down for the whole year so we can spend Christmas Day together. Because <laughs> it's Christmas. It's that I don't understand. Like, I think everyone is mature enough to sacrifice Christmas Day for one year. So we can just get back to just doing normal shit. It's just ridiculous. It's a half-measured lockdown. Like the previous lockdown was half-measured. Because you see like in Spain when it was locked down. You weren't allowed outside your house. They had police rolling up on you if you walk walking the street. Whereas now it's still the same. Exercise, but you know, don't go go to the gym. But they're going to be open. And uh, and uh, go to work, but don't go to work. If you don't need to go to work. And so it's, it's all of that. It's, it's that again. Without the provisions. Granted, they've extended furlough. Uh, we'll go back to furlough. But I'm talking about, like, say, vulnerable people. meant to self-isolate. So before the vulnerable people self self-isolating, the government did stuff to facilitate that happening. You know, you made sure that the you know, uh, supermarkets and stuff were delivering food and getting priority and all that stuff. Now you've got this semi-arse lockdown. It's like, well, you vulnerable people, you're not actually told to shield. You don't need to shield, but it'd be good if you did kind of shield. Um, but I don't know how you'll shield because I'm not going to be able to provide you anything if you stay indoors. Uh, space, face, trace, whatever. I can't remember the words. <laughs> it's just like, what? Furlough. That's been extended. Lovely. <laughs> what about all those business managers? who made a decision on Friday to let go of all those people because furlough was ending and it's like, we can't afford it anymore. We've, we're actually being sensible financially. We've planned for the future. We can't afford to, to pay people anymore. Like my mum, she's been on furlough like all year. They told her, you're coming back to work on Monday. So she was lucky in some respect. They didn't just sack her because they can't afford to pay her to do nothing, to be at home. They're like, you're not coming in. We're not paying you to do nothing anymore. So do something. So they had to bring them back in. Uh, now, see, so that's fair. That, that was cool. But there would have been some people out there who the company would have been like, no, nah, we can't afford to pay all these people to go out on furlough. Bun it. Just done. You're sacked. Sorry. Now what's going to happen on Monday? Awkward conversation. Like you sent a text to the wrong person. Oh, um, so, you know... Uh, Ah, you know what happened on Friday where I made you redundant? You know, I was only joking, right? Yes. Are you staying on to the 2nd of December? Why are you going to make me redundant on the 3rd of December? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what is this? I don't know, man. Well, it would be good for this year to be done, I think. It would be good for this year to be done. But 
Well, it would matter. Because it does mean the virus is going to stop on the 1st of January. So I don't know why I'm saying that. I'm actually talking like one of those people that I can't stand. Who wait for the new year. Who wait for Monday to do something. I'll, I'll start it next week. It's like, you know, time's continuous, right? It's so you starting it on the day that we've arbitrarily called Monday doesn't mean anything. Same as arbitrarily starting something on the first of the year. It's like, no. You know what I mean? Get on that diet. You're overweight. Your heart's about to stop. Yeah, but I'll start on Monday. And it's kind of like this bloody lockdown thing. Need out to move this Thursday. He's like, okay, well, you've announced this on Saturday. So what? What's going to happen now? Well, between now and Thursday, everyone's going to just go mental. All the young people are going to go mental. I saw bare Halloween parties happening on Saturday. People aren't really locking down. People aren't really following the current guidelines. It's hard to follow these guidelines. They don't make sense and people aren't really invested in these guidelines. So, like, people are kind of like, what's the point? Like, what are we actually doing here? <sighs> I don't know. I'm ranting. I'm ranting. I'm raving. I'm raving. I'm ranting. Jesus, is that the score for Villa Southampton? Oh, my God. Right, um, what else have we got to talk about? What else has been happening in the news? Well, you've got the US elections happening this week, um, which is, I just completely forgot about. I guess I'll follow that. Guess that'd be interesting, right? Um, yeah, man, that's that's it. I mean, let's give us some dear, dear, because this has to be like a, a condensed episode, a truncated episode. No, not truncated, we're not cutting anything off, we're just compacting it. Yeah, we're just gonna compact it. I mean, um, let's see, let's see if there's any, um, anything else, people panic buying. Please don't do that. Jesus. Why is Reva Steam Camp um, trending? What? What's this about the BBC forgetting? What? I don't get what. Why is this? Why are they saying the BBC forgot? So the Guardian, is this written by Sonia Sodar? Um, once again, a male perpetrator of violence is painted as terribly misunderstood. Okay, let's read this. How long is this actually before I commit to reading this? Uh, can I get the gist? Right, her name is Reva Steekamp. She was a 29-year-old model who was the face of an anti-bullying campaign and was about to return to her old school to talk to girls about gender-based violence. She was adored by her family, but on Valentine's Day 2013, she was murdered by her violent, controlling boyfriend. He shot her four times through a locked door of a bathroom in his home where she was cowering petrified her future was stolen by a dangerous predator with a history of controlling and abusing women a former girlfriend has said he used to lock her in his house with no food for hours at a time call her parents many times a day to track her movements and physically abuse and threaten her to the extent that she feared for her life that is the story of steam camp's horrific murder by the paralympian oscar pistorius but it seems our national broadcaster disagrees Last week, the BBC began promoting a new four-part documentary series, The Trials of Oscar Pistorius. It launched a trailer that did not mention Steenkamp's name, but instead featured Pistorius' remarkable sporting achievements, praise from Nelson Mandela, and his lie that he didn't do it. Accompanying this was the sickening BBC press release, 
that boasted of a series telling the extraordinary story and an international hero who inspired millions until he suddenly found himself at the centre of a murder investigation. According to Pistorius, the event was a tragic accident, but his troubled past and questionable testimony cast doubt on his innocence, the BBC tells us. Amid the gushing, his murder conviction is not mentioned once. You could read it and think he got off. Although the BBC has since removed the trailer, a slightly amended version of the offending uh, press release remains on the website. But what on earth did it think it was doing buying a series directed by the man who says he's still flip-flopping on Pistorius' innocence and who reserves more criticism for the press for daring to report his history of domestic abuse than he does for the murderer himself. Okay, so I see where the anger has come from. Um, Oscar Pistorius, if you don't remember that story, um, he claimed that he thought there was an intruder in the house and thought the intruder was in the bathroom and that's why he shot through the bathroom door at the intruder um, while shouting at his girlfriend to stay in the bed, uh, not realising that actually his girlfriend wasn't in the bed, she was in the bathroom. Now, here's the thing. Um, uh, one of the first things, if I was in bed with my wife and I thought there's an intruder in the house, I'm checking the bed to see if my wife's in there because I'm going to ask her to go and check it out. <laughs> Real man, protective. No, joking, but I'm going to wake her up to be like, yo, can you hear that noise? You know what I mean? I'm not just going to just storm out of my bed and be like, who's here? You know what I mean? It's just weird. Anytime I hear a noise, like, literally I'll turn over, touch that side of the bed, see my wife's not in the bed, I go, oh, it's her making the noise. So, you know what I mean? So I guess I could be done as an accessory to a crime if my wife was ever murdered in another room in the house and I didn't do anything because I was thought, ah, it must be her making noise. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I could never murder my wife mistaken her for an intruder like no way uh, i just remember his uh his testimony i didn't believe it either they had him walking around the courtroom on his stumps and everything like to make it seem like oh look at this innocent man it's like look stumps or no stumps this guy's a flipping nutcase he liked firing guns and intimidating women so yes i understand why people who uh who are from Reaver's family, and just anyone really, is a bit disgusted by the BBC, have covered that, for shame BBC, for shame, right, dear Deirdre, I'm going to do two of them, because it's now 23 minutes past, my train comes at 33 minutes past, and I ain't got a ticket, so, let's, um, let's roll on to that, although, my thing is slowing down, okay, um, let's go, to, right, these two, Arabian Nights, because it sounds fun. Arabian Nights, my wife got up to all sorts of sexual antics when I was working in Saudi Arabia. Oh, I thought it was the other way around, but she was in Saudi Arabia, because I was about to say, that's how you get your arms chopped off. Um, dear Deirdre, my wife got up to all sorts of sexual antics when I was working in Saudi Arabia for nine months last year. I discovered this when cleaning the history of her old laptop for her before we gave it to her nephew. All right. I was horrified to see she was involved in sex chats and nude video calls. She talked about meeting guys and having sex. 
Um, she had seemed happy uh, to me when I got home from Saudi Arabia when we had resumed our normal sex life. We're both in our forties, but this was na- this has now wrecked the trust the trust between us. Is there any point in trying to work it out? Um, well, I I guess not. I mean, you don't seem like you're too bothered by it. I mean, maybe yeah, maybe just knock it on the head, mate. I was expecting that to be a bit juicy. I saw Arabian Nights. I was hoping there'd be something that happened in Saudi Arabia and the prospect of someone being stoned to death. But that isn't what happened. So, all right, cool. Next one. It takes two. My husband won't take Viagra and I can't take much more of our sexless marriage. Dear, 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 I'm living in a sexless marriage and I can't take much more. I love my husband, but I'm desperate. This before the record penis. I'm 39 I'm a 39 year old woman My husband is 45 And he has health issues Which mean he has problems Getting an erection I bought him Viagra pills And he'll say He's going to take one But it never happens He tells me I'm beautiful And he loves me But how can I believe him If he doesn't want to Actually have sex with me It's so strange Isn't it Like The relationship With women and sex And men and sex And stuff Like if a man Just wants you for sex You're like I just feel devalued I just feel objectified And a piece of meat But if a man Doesn't want to have sex It's like Am I even attractive? Does he even see me as a woman? So it's just like, so how much sex must he want? The exact right amount that I'm feeling that I want him to want from me at that moment. Thank you. He's like, okay, brilliant. That's that's useful to go along with. Thanks. I think what it is is women like to be able just to reject. <laughs> that's what it is. They want the man to pester all the time so then they can just reject. Because if a man doesn't pester, he's like, yeah, cool, we'll, we'll bang whenever you want to bang. I don't care. You just let me know. She's like, oh, my God, I just want a man to actually take control. Man takes control too much. It's like, okay, easy there. I mean, I'm not your property. <laughs> it's like, where's, what is it? But um, listen, he's got health issues. If you fit this on the head, imagine a woman having health issues and my man's just shoving medication across the dining table. We're going, get these down, you love. We're going to be bagging tonight. Wink. Like, this guy's an animal. What an arsehole. But it's the other way round. Oh, not even a hint. Just take these blue pills, you limp dick motherfucker. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'm dealing with health issues. I don't know, mate. All right. Um, is there any more? Uh, right, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Traced and tested. Right. Cool. My daughter traced the man I told her was her dad, but DNA proves me wrong. Jesus Christ. Um, my 30-year-old daughter, who never knew her dad, recently traced the man. I told her he was, but DNA test proved me wrong, and she's disgusted with me. I've got, I got pregnant when I was 17. My boyfriend was already cheating on me and, I want, and wanted me to terminate. He went off with the, with the other girl and I never saw him again. So wh- where's the other semen sample come from? I'd confided in my boss about my cheating, about my boyfriend's cheating. He was in his 30s and comforted me. One evening, we ended up having sex in the office, but it never occurred to me that he could be my baby's dad as he'd used a condom. Ah, but he may not have used a condom. Stealth coming. I'm 52 now, and I don't even know if my daughter's real dad is still alive. I feel so guilty about it. Well, look, honest mistake. Just tell your daughter what you just told the whole country. That's it. And she'll have to understand. Okay, do you want to meet your dad or not? 
I thought it was that guy it wasn't. Your dad, who I thought was an arsehole. This guy, bit of an opportunist, but less of an arsehole. Hopefully he's still alive. Hopefully he can bond. If you can't, I'm so sorry. And that's what you have to do. Heartless, but them's the facts, and that's what it is. Anyway, people, that's the end of the pod. I'm not going to miss my train just to chat shit to you lot, although I love you. Thanks for listening, and I'm going to go. All right, cheers. Check out the Green Room podcast. I'm doing that today, and I'll be talking on that for much longer. All right, cheers. Bye.